Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Pup Deweve as your hosts, we strive to help you as players and game masters, or as we say, story weavers, for the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. So grab a beverage, sit with us, and remember, steal everything and have fun. Today, we have an awesome guest that has been on before, and if you have not listened to episode with Christian Hatcher, you have to. Stop now. Pause. I'll give you a few seconds. <laughs> go ahead and go back to that one. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, getting into character, having soundtracks for characters, uh, talking a lot about Ink and Liar. But today, Christian has a new podcast coming out. Yeah. So let's let's just dive into that. Let's let's get into Stardust and Dragons. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me on again. It is an absolute pleasure to be able to come back and talk with you guys. I think it's been like two years since we've chatted. Yeah, right so around there. Yeah. It's about it's about time to come back and uh, <laughs> chat with you guys. So um, so this is uh, yeah. I'm starting a new podcast with uh, my crew of five people on quote-unquote screen and a group of another i think almost 10 people off screen we have a a team of about eight writers um we have a marketing team we have all of our directors and on top of that we have people wearing multiple hats all throughout the casts and crew uh yeah but stardust and dragons is the brainchild between uh me and my cousin brandon both of us were on Ink and Liar, and one day during the summer, around this time, actually last year, around this maybe exact week, I called him up and I was like, hey, I want to do something a little different, and he jumped right on board, and from that moment on, we were off. We found new people, we found our story, and we found lots of writers. Um, and so basically, it takes place in a galaxy that we created. Um, I think it's the Aurora Galaxy, but I can't be for sure. There's so much content and so many names <laughs> that yep. we have created at this point. But uh, it's me, Brandon, Max Morin, Raina McGuire, and Dan Wood. Um, so those are my, my confidants. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. It's, uh, it's the Haley Galaxy. Um, and so basically... Uh, there's me and Dan Wood, which are uh, Brendan Dianhart and Flip O'Donnell. We are two old grizzled bounty hunters who have fought in what we these stardust wars, and we're basically in the twilight of our lives. Uh, I'd like to think of our characters as always on their last hurrah and they just don't know it yet. Always super close to death. They're very seasoned and understand how the world works. Um, then we have um, Max Morin, whose character is Lyrax Proudmane, a prince who uh, is uh, going through a war. Like his uh, his home planet is going through a war, but he and his like very very close family escaped from that planet while the revolution was going. Um, you guys can actually hear a little bit of that in the very beginning of the episode. We start out with Max and Lyrax uh, and his story. And then we have Raina McGuire, who is Constance. Uh, we don't really have Constance's loud last name, uh, <laughs> just Constance. Uh, but she is this uh, small, I think it's um, 
another dwarf as well, but uh, she is a um, she is this nerdy scientist who has discovered some things about stardust, which is the substance that we kind of based our entire galaxy around. Um, we love the idea of playing in D&D, but we saw lots of things that was like very um, confining with like spell slots and different things. And we wanted to try and experiment with what we could do with that. So we created this, basically this drug and this idea that like, you could amp yourself up even more past the point of what you normally could with this stardust. And there are consequences that come with it, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a really cool story device that we'll be able to jump into and, you know, explore with our own homebrew rules. So yeah, that's a basic rundown of what the podcast is. I like it. I'm, I'm excited for it. And I know uh, you told us off camera, August 6th is the planned yes, launch date. August 6th is the planned launch date. Uh, we are going to figure that out, honestly, within the next two days, if it's going to be August 6th or August um, probably 13th or like uh, maybe a week. Well, so yeah, August 13th, just in case. Mm -hmm. But August, like the first episode is completed. Second episode is chugging on through. We've started the first like four episodes with actual editing. And by the time the first episode's even released, it looks like we'll probably be six months worth of content and completed and ready to go. Nice. So I'm really, really Very excited. Nice. And that's where where can they find it? Is that going to be on every platform for podcasts? Yes. So okay. right now we're we're trying to put it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, basically anywhere where you find a um, find a podcast, you'll find us there. That Sweet. is our goal. So yeah, if it's not there exactly August sixth, it'll be there within a few days of it. So, so you're loosely, loosely basing this off of D and D rules. Is that what you're doing? Well, it's heavy. So, yes and no. So, all of us have played D and D a lot, mm -hmm. the entire cast and crew. But we are more concerned with the story. So, yes. it took. I've been listening to podcasts, D and D podcasts, with all different sorts and types. And since I'm producing the show and I'm technical director for it, we found our technical or our editing style and we're trying to put as few roles in the actual audio as possible. Um, in the first episode, there's probably, you could probably count the amount of roles on one hand, maybe two. Like, in, otherwise, we do it behind screen um, and then we just cut in between and we just have... Um, the story aspects of I do this and then Brandon comes in and goes this is what happens um, so it is D&D &D rule-esque but we have so much homebrew stuff and so yeah. many like like when I said eight writers we literally have the way that their writing team works is Brandon meets with um, our another confidant which basically is another head of the company his name is Caleb Patrick um, so the owners of the company would be me, Brandon, and Caleb in terms of like the head honchos or whatever. But we we really work as a team anyway with all of our people. But Caleb, Patrick, and Brandon are the head leaders of that giant writing team. And basically they just give them out and go, so I have one writer who loves doing things with weapons and stuff like that. So he lives loves writing lore around how this weapon was created. And so they'll talk about whole planets of just what happened in their history like the the planet we're on right now has over 38 pages of Dang. just lore and wow. history and at this point they definitely have over 100 pages and they're all working on their own stuff so we as the players like 
it's fun being able to explore in this world, but also be able to be like a writer release something and be like, yeah, this character would know about this and then be able to send us an entire list of just lore that our character would have known about in the past while at the same time being able to incorporate those things live in the improv sessions of the actual episodes. I love that so much because that's, you know, that's one of the, the hiccups that you get when you get to a, a part in a town, you know, the DM is, is telling you, okay, so you guys roll up into this, this town. Um, you know, uh, well, yeah, your character, you've been here before, so you would mm -hmm. know that, and you just, you have to give a history lesson, but you're doing it in front of everybody. It's a lot yeah. more fun to have it where, okay, Christian, this is you. This is all you. Mm -hmm. You're the only one that knows this stuff. Here's your, uh, play, and play with it. And, and it's, hmm. we, we also have a thing like no, on Notion, um, where we keep our notes, and all of our characters have their, like, they can, the writers can share what we know and what we don't know, and they have, like, this full list of just stuff and lore that they can send to us that way. And so it's, I'm really happy <laughs> with my writers. I'm so happy with my writers because they have, the biggest thing Brandon and I wanted to do when we started, uh, when we talked about this, because we started our first episode, recorded our first actual draft episode in August mm -hmm. of last year. Right. We recorded, then we recorded another like two or three episodes. I was up to like episode four and I was editing episode one and we got to like January, middle of January, February. And I said, Brandon, we need to start over. And he was like, what? I said, this isn't like, our audio quality isn't where it needs to be. We're not going the pacing. That sounds good. And it just, it doesn't feel like what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And at the very beginning, we talked about, we wanted a galaxy that felt lived in. We didn't want to be making up homebrew rules and homebrew stuff as we were playing the game. It felt like it would take away from being immersed in this actual world and this galaxy that we wanted to create. And especially with something introducing something like Stardust into it, which the idea of Stardust is... Which, let me go ahead. I can give you a quick lore lesson on what yeah, we thought about. Like, the way yeah. that I thought about it was... What if magic wasn't just this inherent thing that just existed and it was like the artificers. The idea was the artificers found how to condense magic and they found that magic was in the ore of a planet. And so you started to mine it, right? Like how every type of resources and you turn instead of magic into this elusive thing that's like, oh, it was just magic. You turn it into this, this mineral, you turn it into this actual resource instead of it just being in the air. And so these artificers found it in the ground and of planets and in the air and start condensing it down. And as they found it, they started to turn it into this dust and grind it up and started to put it in their weapons and started to be able to make themselves even more powerful. Well, the side effect of that was you had all of this magic that was just out of the air gone. So sorcerers and wizards and bards and everybody wasn't able to use their magic as much anymore like sometimes they try a spell and it just wouldn't go off because the magic was no longer just ambient in the air interesting one day like they basically sucked up all of this main planet dry and they went they saw out in the stars hey there are planets everywhere 
and they shot for the stars. And slowly but surely, they started mining other planets, and wars started to break out over this resource of who could get the most of it. And crazy enough, the bards tried to sniff this stuff and found that they were able to cast their spells again and were able to have even more power if it was more concentrated. But every time they cast a spell, if it was like cut with something else or wasn't as pure, <laughs> then wild magic, <laughs> wild magic started to come into play. So every time they would cast a spell, they might turn into a potted plant or a fireball would go off or something like that. So now you have companies that are trying to make pure um stardust and people that couldn't do magic before now can and now people's weapons they they could power them up with artificers and so as time went on you had these wars for years and years and every couple of years there was a new planet a new war going on these giant corporations kind of like if you think of space amazon are all like taking control because a government would be on a planet but it wouldn't be cross-planetary. We didn't want this international government type of agency. We really wanted a feel that every place you went to had its own governing laws, right? Mm -hmm. And so every place has its own culture. And so this place that we've lived in has this, this idea of these wars have been going on, these periods of peace come but they also go away like this idea of like kind of like the hundred years war back in mm -hmm. the olden days yeah where it was just you just live with war and national like you know how the birth of nationalism uh nationalism came from that idea of like there's just always a war and that's just the way things are and so we set our setting hundreds of years past this initial like singularity point of artificers discovering oh we can condense um stardust but also right after a war has just ended so that we're in this period of tenuous peace between the entire galaxy and cosmos. But at the same time, everyone has lived through what Stardust can bring yeah. and how contentious it can be. So that, I guess coming back to like the original point of like what Stardust is, it's it's this substance that allows us to tell this story in an interesting way that's very new and original and we don't have to steal from anybody else and allows us to basically put a mulligan or a new factor or as much homebrew stuff as we want into this world because stardust brings with it this level of chaos that always I... keeps us on the edge of our seats yeah, go for it. What's up? Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. I I just uh, before you before you you went into another subject, and while we're on the subject of Stardust, mm -hmm. um, how? So you mentioned that you were that Stardust would change how spell slots are done mechanically. Yeah. yeah. So how does Starbucks reflect oh, Stardust? Starbucks. <laughs> it's Stardust. Hi. <laughs> Whoa. Uh <laughs> How does Stardust um, reflect mechanically in uh, for Dungeons and Dragons? So, what is that going to look like? So, we in the first couple episodes, we actually have, we don't play with it too too much in the sense of like mechanics speaking with it. So, like behind the curtain, the the funny thing is we don't really discuss much mechanics on the show. We just play in the world. 
So behind the curtain, when you actually like play with Stardust, it's we have it. I think there's like three different tiers, which I think Brandon's going to be able to come on and talk to you guys a lot about this. Uh, it's very specifically on anything that I miss. I'll make sure he listens to the episode and stuff like that. But the idea, because uh, him and Caleb came up with the idea that like there's different grades of purity with Stardust, right? And we're treating it like it's a drug. And so the more you use it, the higher your tolerance becomes. So the more you need to use to have a desired effect. So basically, I'll take away the um, I'll take away the grades for a second. If you use it, you can either get like an extra spell slot, or you can get an empowered type spell, or you can start to describe what you're trying to do. And potentially, Brandon can you know come up with it on the spot on how that works, right? Like it's more of a Think of Stardust as the creative pen that your player is getting, right? Like, it comes at a cost, but Dungeons & Dragons is one of the most constrictive, unconstrictive games ever, right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. your, it's your imagination, but playing within these rules and ideas or these rules makes it kind of constrained in the story that you can tell. When, in fact, the idea that magic is a thing makes it seem like, well, why hasn't this magic been invented, or why do I have to go with this spell, right? But it's very conducive yeah. to help you create whatever homebrew rules that you want to do with it. So basically, it's this idea of a devil's bargain every time you use it. What cost are you willing to do with the dice? And so we're going to have our wild magic table, and Brandon will have his own rules of with that table. And so after you use this spell, this is where it comes into the um, idea of the purity of it, you're going to have to make a saving throw with the Stardust. So if it's very, very pure, the DC is super low, right? Because it's it's made to be used. Right. But if it's cut with so much garbage and horrible stuff, then your spell might go off. It might not. You might get super craved with it. You might get exhaustion. You might blow up the shit. It's, it, it becomes more of a... Yes, this is creative writing tool that you want to use, but how bad do you want to use it? Because there is a cost for changing up the story that we are telling. There is a cost for bringing in your own saving your character. And so then you have people that are like addicted to it, and so they have to take a whole bunch to even get a desired effect. So you might even have this wild magic go off and you don't and you've taken so much in the past that it actually takes you three, four packets of regular Stardust to even get a desired effect. So it's, that I guess is the best way I can describe it mechanically because we haven't really gone with it too, too much because it is a scary thing to do. And my character's an artificer. So any Stardust I've... that I use, I'll put it in the weapon and it'll have like a wild magic effect on the weapon rather than our character. And deaths are real guys yeah. yeah i've already written two characters for your entire campaign i have an i have an escobar you know character that I, he's he's yeah. just dealing and this stuff is just cut with oh. fentanyl speaking speaking of uh speaking of that um is stardust addictive is that oh, one yeah. of the side effects of it oh yeah i mean i i guess it could i mean it's it's what those magical effects so this is the best part about it right like magic is currency We've turned it into a resource instead of this. So basically the ideas of the principles of D&D, &D, right? Mm -hmm. Peasants aren't even level one characters. Like NPCs aren't even level one characters. 
With Stardust, anybody can be a level one character. So if you're addicted to match, if you're addicted to getting what you want, like imagine just cantrips, right? Like if we had cantrips in real life here. Oh yeah. Produce flame, create water. Like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like bomb, like all of these things that are like, and obviously those, I, I think those are actually level one spells. But the idea is like more, if you can create those things, imagine how much you can just change your everyday life. Look at uh, prestidigitation. Right. That's the that's the one spell anyone would ever need in this world. <laughs> clean up, clean, clean, yeah. clean, clean, clean. <laughs> oh, I got mud on my shirt. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> so we actually talk about it in the first episode. We have these people um, that are just like on the streets in this world that are just doing magical stuff. Oh, I think it's actually in maybe the fourth or fifth episode. Like they're just doing magical tricks and you can see they're high off of Stardust. <laughs> and so with that, we've had to adjust and make the world, uh, the first world that we play on, because by the third episode, we're not even on that world anymore. Nice. But by the um, first episode, near the end of the episode, it talks about how uh, Max's character, Lyrax, is going into a Stardust shop. And there's this field of protection around it that doesn't allow anybody that's on Stardust or has it in their system to even enter. Oh, wow. Because it's turned into wow. like it's like imagine if you're going into a gun shop, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to bring your weapon into my gun shop, or if you are, just understand everybody behind the counter is also packing. Especially when that gun yeah. is you have no control over it because of the wild magic. It's exactly. like yeah, we got this guy coked yeah. up on something, and we have no idea what's happening. <laughs> exactly. So we and so go for it. Oh. Go for it. What's up? Go. Oh, go, go. I, I, sorry. <laughs> no, there's no and... problem. This is conversation, man. You know. <laughs> Well, because I'm I'm really curious because I um now you mentioned that so the world the main world runs out of Stardust and everyone's fighting over Stardust from different mm -hmm. like planets. Um, does each individual planet have its own unique form of Stardust? So the way it's the way it's mined and like the way it's formed on the planet does that change the Stardust properties? So we have I think they're talking about that now, and I'm sure the writers have already gone through and done some of that stuff. There will be different properties of Stardust. There will be different types of Stardust. So what we have our world based on now, or at least this campaign and we're, we're fighting in now at the very least, is um, the Aurora Corporation. And so this corporation is this giant conglomerate that mines and produces Stardust. So if you want some premium stuff, some stuff that's probably not going to make you explode, that's who you're going to buy it from, right? And there are multiple planets. And so there are plenty of Stardust with different properties and stuff like that. So not even I don't want to spoil anything for like my character's backstory or anything like that. But even my character has this thing called the DCE. And we talk about that a little bit in the first episode. But basically, it's this technology that I've implemented into my ship that allows me to go basically like light speed because light speed isn't really I didn't want our space travel to be such a such in a way that everybody could just go to planet to planet to planet to planet because right now that's in the future of uh, this we've we're, we've placed ourselves in a portion of um, the uh, Haley Galaxy's history where that's not a huge thing right so my Stardust specifically created I have fuel that goes into this engine that allows us to do that. 
Whereas some other people Stardust, like there are properties that are like, okay, this is specifically this type of Stardust that will help with rage or this type of Stardust that might help with making sure it's like a destruction, stuff like that. But right now we deal with more, um, or at least what's introduced in the first few months of the series is this generic idea of, hey, this is the over-the-counter Stardust that you would get that helps you with more everyday life and helps you with, you know, kind of what's going on on a normal battlefield rather than a super specific and curated thing for a character to use. Okay, so you said something about your characters, and I don't, I don't want you to give up your backstory or anything like that. Oh, yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are, are pretty new to the game of any, of any kind of tabletop game because we cover them all. Yeah. Uh, how long? Because you have characters that are well thought out, well rounded. They're going to be around for a while. Oh yeah. You're not planning on them dying in the first two or three episodes. <laughs> no. Uh, but how long did you spend coming up with the idea for your character? Um. So for me, creation of characters is a pretty easy process with the the base. But us getting down to, like, the nitty-gritty of what exactly I wanted for my character came back to me talking with Brandon and figuring out exactly what we wanted this story to be. So Brandon and I, like, reverse of, like, coming up with the character first, we talked about the story we wanted to tell. We talked about the idea that we wanted this to be very comedic in nature, but it's a comedic, it's a, it's a, fun comedic show with serious moments um we didn't want a super like serious campaign because we had just gotten through with playing um our two-year super serious campaign so we were like all right so we're, this is a fun one this is this is going to be crazy there's going to be lots of crazy stuff that happens but we also loved the idea of like there were some great moments that we had in fades in that were just everybody on that show cried at least once yeah. Like, every single person. And so there's those moments that you can never get back that are, like, like that you, can, that are, you can't recreate, right? And that right. only comes from moments of drama and seriousness. So it makes those moments of gravity so much more available when you have a fun podcast. But, like, that when you hone in, you hone in. Which, in the first episode, holy crap, we have a moment with Max at the very beginning and the very end where Max just, oh, owns in. So when I was creating this character, I wanted an original backstory. My whole thing is originality. I want to play something that I haven't played before in characters on stage or that I never see played or haven't thought about. So I went through a backstory, sent it to Brandon. Brandon sent it back, said, okay, well, this we should probably do this. And then Brandon and Brandon, Dan and I had a group session of talking about what our backstory or what our backstories are and who these characters are. Then Dan and I went and spoke and designed our shit, designed what we kind of like our lives were because we're basically together mm -hmm. um, with as being partners. Design like talked about the wars we fought, talked about our backstories that way. Then we came back and I talked with Brandon. Then Brandon and I had a one-on-one -on -one and Dan and Brandon had a one-on-one. -on -one. And so then after that, Brandon called Caleb and I, and we all sat down for over maybe an hour, maybe two or three hours and just talked about 
this character and this backstory and getting the originality of it. So finally, when we finished all of that, what they were doing, the writers were doing this entire time, they were getting our backstories, organizing everything. And so what we did was they found all of our backstories and then they slowly intertwined them with people that we knew, people that other characters knew, and they made it to where that every portion of my story might have a little bit of Dan's story in it, but also that person that Dan and I were enemies of trained Max's character, whose general was a person we stole, we sold Stardust to in the, um, as bounty hunters in the wars who Reyna's bossed it. And so we intertwined all of our pieces to where not only are we list actively listening to the story, but every time Brandon brings up a new character, that character might be in somebody else's backstory. And that world might be in somebody else's backstory. So everybody needs to be paying attention. And it all comes down to this creation of the character was not only like a tiny process, but it still happened. So I will still get notes from writers going like, hey, when did your character do X, Y, and Z? How old is this character? Who is this person? Because <laughs> they are constantly writing about See. what's going on in our future. This is this is the the, the writer's like dream. <laughs> like I know Pup Nueve and I are are the writers for sure, and oh, yeah. we're we're just like give us the lore. <laughs> it's, that that's the thing for us, um, and it's really cool to be so story focused uh, on you know because you were talking about we're not really dealing with roles on screen. We're not going to talk about mechanics very much. You know, obviously if if it comes down to it, you'll you'll do it. Oh, but yeah. it's going to be oh, yeah. a lot of it's either going to be edited out or like you said, you're going to take a break and do the roles and then come back to the story and, and do that. And I know Pup Nueve has a couple of, of questions for that. But oh. um, really quick, how do you guys or you in general just uh, stay so story focused? Is it just because you, you have your, your eight writers or is there a way for us listening to stay story focused at the table? Yeah, yeah. So I think that definitely comes down to it's it's a it's a it's a weird scale. So when we started, the reason that we're just releasing now, like we recorded our first episode in January of this year, like finished it, got it all good. It's it's a muscle. It's playing with these people and figuring out how you want to tell this story, because. Our first ones, we weren't story focused and people were nervous and we were trying to get all this. That's why we had to start over. Right. And we had to come to the table and explain, hey, guys, this is just not working. Like, obviously, nobody's hired or any of that crap like that. But we, we we haven't found the special sauce. We haven't found exactly what we want. So I have edited this episode. Probably like four or five times. Like it came up, I edited it like in terms of including like those first ones. And then this one, and then going back and re-editing it, then sending it to my professional editors who did some mixing with our music and everything, then getting it back again, and then Brandon going like, hey, I want to add these last little pieces, and then going back and re-recording those pieces, then re-editing all that stuff. And so my whole thing is, in order to tell these stories and like get it right, obviously we try and get it right the first time. The only times we go back and re-record anything is if we're adding material. We don't really try and take away anything because we. I do 
I am very much, and I've had this since I was in high school, or actually since before I was in high school, I love the sanctity of improv. And I love the idea of let's not go back and change content. What our characters made in the moment is what the characters made in the moment. Unless it's going to absolutely destroy the entire campaign, then there's no reason for us. Like, that's what's... I don't want mulligans to be... <laughs> I don't want... The, it, it devalues every, every, you know, decision you make. So the way we stay story-focused when staying story-focused in the moment turns into time constraints... Um, of making sure that each episode, like our first episode is probably going to be our longest episode in the entire season because it's the first episode and we have to set everything up. But knowing that we only have like an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes of actual trying to usage material, then it goes like, okay, well, is this conversation, is this argument even worth it that we're having right now? Less of like story-wise, like between characters, but more in the sense of like this mechanics. Like, how important is this role right now? Is it this this persuasion role right now? Like, how important is us going through and actually playing out uh, this dollar or this this amount of credits versus this credits on this persuasion? Is it is it really like we start skipping over a lot of things that, quite frankly, some people find like you know enjoyment in? Which, if we were just playing a regular game of D and D, we probably would do like actually play it out, but. At a certain point, it stops being about it stops being about the game of me creating the best character or the the strongest character, and it turns into okay, well, how can I have like what would my character do? Like what? How does this advance the story? How does this make sure that all of us live? And Brandon does a great job of making sure. It, I mean, it obviously is on him. He's basically our narrator of the story. And so he sets a lot of the pace. But we also have to be very in tune with that. Like, if we're just all sitting at a bar talking with each other for the entire episode, then we better be talking about something freaking amazing or hilarious. This better be a comedy show or else we have to keep in mind there are listeners <laughs> on, this, on this show. Like, this is – we don't want to keep the forefront of this being a performance – but we also want to acknowledge that people are listening to us. And so let's play the game, as we will be. But if we're taking too long, we have editors that have to go back and edit this. So don't make them have to chew through a 10-minute conversation and choose maybe eight sentences out of that. Because they have to listen to the entire episode. Right? And so all of these things start flooding in our brains as we start recording at least that's what it was at the beginning and slowly but surely you start to play with all these people over and over again and you start to realize oh i'm feeding off this person but this is what i'm gonna do this is what i'm gonna do this is what i'm gonna do and everybody starts to go like okay cool well i'm advancing the story too and then it becomes a little like this muscle that you've been flexing and thinking about so much starts to become a little bit you know effortless and so for the last couple of episodes that we've recorded i mean it it we started everybody was in the action even in our moments of slowness when we picked back up by the end of the episode it was just like okay yeah this is exactly where we would want to stop we look at the time it's only been an hour and a half exactly where we wanted it to be and it's like oh crap editor's not gonna have to do anything because <laughs> all they have to do is just make sure that like ums and ands and like 
awkward moment, like awkward pauses and stuff like that. It's gone, but that's it. The editor's dream right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So keeping all of those things in mind and then finally the actual what gets in front of us, I give my editors a lot of leeway. Um, I hired artists and I tell them. And so I say, this is our basic thing that we want, but I can't edit every episode. Max can't edit every episode. You can't edit every episode. So if you can stick with our basic parameters, trying to remove the awkward moments, just tell the story. If, if you think something's super important and this conversation is there and this isn't important to you and you've listened to the other episodes or you need to contact one of us and say, hey, I'm going to take this out. Take it out. Like, at the end of the day, you are an audience member at this point, right? And if you can find that entertaining, then our audience is going to find that entertaining. And anything that we need to go back and actually, like, get specifically, like, really well, which I would encourage your audience, if you guys, like, want an example of, like, what this sounds like, I'd listen to Rude Tales of Magic. Um, so Rude Tales of Magic, uh, they're a part of the HeadGum system, HeadGum podcast system. I started listening to them. They do an excellent job. They're all actors or I'm – well, they're all in the industry. Let me put it that way. But they do a really good job of especially in the first episode when they're just playing and talking and having conversations and stuff like that the editor um like kind of dissolves the audio out as they're still talking and then the narrator has gone back uh the dm has gone back and done a basically a narration of what they did so like this, these, they just finished with this portion and they traveled through the woods. And as they were traveling through the woods, they heard a sound. And when they hear the sound, they see a bear. And then it cuts back in. It's like, oh my God, that's a bear. Right? And that's them in real time that when they were playing. But to the audience, right? We still got what they did in between times, but it is a story, right? We didn't have to listen to all of the BS, not BS conversation, but like just the conversation that was just in character. But at the end of the day, it's fluff. Right? I don't need to hear your character talk about how awesome their clothes is for five minutes. Which in you know real time, that's sometimes what happens. And so when those two like things combined um, makes it really easy to stay story-centric first. Because you know your audience is listening. You know your editor has to edit. And you know you kind of get addicted to what's going to happen next. I hope that answered the question because it is it's a very convoluted answer but it, it kind of that's it it's it's hard to say like exactly what it is because there's so many factors that go into play that force us to remain story focused yeah and i i think it did answer the question and i think just transposing it to the table is taking away the fact that like you said we don't need the fluff of this is my green jerkin and he's wearing brown pants and things we could skip that you know, you could just say, he's wearing ranger clothes and, and move on and mm -hmm. stay to the story. Uh, Pupduweve, yeah. you had a question? I do. So you've you've given, you've handed me this amazing world that you've uh, narrated for me. And I, I'm really big into, into world building and I love hearing about how worlds function and things that exist in it. So the biggest question I have is, um, you're talking about like space, you're talking about different planets. What kind of creatures or um, like monsters have you 
like come up with that exist in this like vastness of space and like at these different planets is there unique creatures that are specific to you i need a sneak preview of this please like i must <laughs> that you know can tell us of course <laughs> that you could tell us i mean you don't have to give me all of it but i, I just need to know a little bit <laughs> yeah he, he, he's our monster man so yeah i am i need to, I'm going I need to, to see these things i'm gonna have to hunt that one to our writers whenever they come only because they can do it way better justice than i can but what I will say is, in our world, there's just going to be so much random... I'm going to... So I want to kind of get JT on the stream, or at least you guys in contact with JT. Because JT yeah. has been doing the Jeez. most writing on uh, just everything. And so... Ah, God, I really want to get the writers with you. I'm so, so see, sorry. Yeah, you got you to gotta tell the writers... Uh, you know, hey, this podcast yeah. is looking for like a five-hour interview. <laughs> the, people, up the, the the writers want to talk. <laughs> they hundred the percent. They do. They do. The I people need to know. Yeah, okay, I, let, I, I. Yeah, God. I, let me. Okay, so wait. What what I will do? Since we, I mean, we're not super deep in. I'm going to DM some of my writers real quick, and I will see if any of them <laughs> can speak on any of this stuff. Do we have any weird This is live, folks. It's not scripted. <laughs> <laughs> that you guys have, have come up with. <laughs> Which, by the way, you guys also... I think you guys are in... Uh, are you guys in the server? I am. You guys are yeah. in the Discord server. Yeah, yeah you guys too. could also yep. hit it up. We're all uh, in the Discord server. We are recording right now. And... Yeah. You can send them the, the meeting ID and everything. <laughs> Sure. That would be super cool. Love to now, hear. Let me ask Perfect. you this. You've, you've created this world um, that's super awesome. Mm -hmm. I love hearing about it. Are you ever going to put it into a book format? Ooh. Yes. Yes. So we're writing everything already is as if it is going in book format. That um, so awesome. that was one of the first things that I told all of our writers. I was like, hey, look, I would love for people to be able to play in this galaxy. We're making a yeah. galaxy. There's no way that any of the all of the lore that you guys are making is going to be able to be used in this campaign. So we want this to turn into I was talking with Caleb and Brandon yesterday. We don't have There's no way we have enough time to tell all of the story of what happened with the Stardust Wars in one campaign. Mm -hmm. So our idea is particularly thinking about adding a second campaign of what's going on, like with whole new characters and cast and a totally different time period. I was going to throw um, that to you in the in the bonus content, but since we're yeah. segueing into it, um, I volunteer as an actor for a prequel. <laughs> um, we're, me too. we're thinking of doing prequels. Because I, I think that that would be awesome is to get like that first artificer that struck the Stardust and, you know... I, I the way I envision is like you know the the miner is is using his pickaxe or his or her pickaxe and it hits the rock and it bursts into their face and a wild magic happens and the <laughs> oh you know some you know it you said it's an addictive property it has the wild magic surges so yeah. if it if you strike the thing you know the right way you might have accidentally casted fireball and now you've got to deal with those repercussions of an entire mine collapsing and you know going back and yeah. getting that resource so our whole thing with even creating these prequels and stuff like that because our whole thing is right now 
we are as soon as we get everything up and running we're gonna start looking for cast members we're gonna have tryouts for all that stuff like that but obviously like you guys can come in and play like in this world in this stuff like that fine and regardless of even if it is the main campaign anything that we do we're trying to record we're gonna mm -hmm. create it for bonus content for patreon right and so what we want to have is random people come in and create lore for this story like have people create the lore that the writers are going to write in this book that are going to be the historical characters in this book so instead of us having to kind of like what we did with ink and wire but instead of us having all of our writers just come up with all this stuff they're like dang i really wish we could have somebody play test this stuff mm -hmm. or i really wish we could just come into a writer's room and have somebody play off these scenarios right and it since we are so story centric you get a little bit more leeway in creating the history of the lore and we since we have hundreds of years of lore i mean obviously we're gonna have people come in yeah have these auditions or you know just have some positions off to the side my idea for that would be like a hundred percent i'm down for you to do it personally i'm down <laughs> for all y'all to be on this stuff i really i i i love the idea of just us creating community that's creating content yeah. that is that is what i want i want people to feel I want everyone in our Discord server, I want everybody that starts supporting us on Patreon to be able to come in, put their stamp on our world. Yeah. Like, it's a galaxy. It is an entire galaxy. And so what we're our plan for creating these books and stuff like that, since they have so much pages, we'll be able to be straight up. I think we're thinking about doing compendiums mm -hmm. of... So a monster's compendium for, yeah. per se, for like the people that are completely like really in depth with monsters. JT is our guns guy. He loves creating weapons. So he's probably going to be doing all of the freaking weapons compendiums. <laughs> uh, we will have the, we want this to be able maybe within two years to release a book that if anybody wants to play within the Stardust world, yeah, we can submit that out to the ether. And all the people that helped us come up with this stuff and playtest this stuff, all of their characters will be solidified and written in the book as part of that history. That's awesome. That's and where I, we want to get to. I definitely, like, I, I mean, it, you're going to get there. You, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. put that out there. But I definitely could see, you know, when when you guys publish your first uh like campaign book or module book whatever you want to however you want to call it uh i'm definitely gonna a uh, story weave on this podcast in your galaxy like that's gonna oh, yeah, happen yeah. like this podcast will be playing because we have our own our our table um and actually forrest who you know through the uh uh the stunt uh school that you guys went to together mm -hmm. uh he's out in atlanta now so he's like chomping at the bit to get back on zoom and hey, you know play some games on. so bring them on like <laughs> yeah. it's we are going to get in a certain portion where see we are i guess one of the few podcast i haven't heard of any D, &D podcast in atlanta yet mm -hmm. um i've been i mean i look um and maybe i'm just looking the wrong places but that is one of the niches that we're trying to go with we're trying to turn in this podcast like we are a bunch of southern people yeah. all born and raised here and we want we want this thing to blow up in a sense that's like creating something that hasn't been done before, but also something that's unique to the Southeast and the South in general to where like, instead of us having to go up to New York, let's do live shows down here. 
Let's yeah. let's have this this community of all these because so many people over here play D and D, dude. Oh yeah, I mean you're right there so by DragonCon. Like, exactly. It's in your town. <laughs> and no one is like, no, we don't have like, I mean, obviously like LA and New York have these big shows. And these, sure. And, and it's all everywhere. And I, I don't know. I guess I might not be looking at the right spots. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not out there, but I don't feel like those places, like a lot of these podcasts and a lot of these like live playthrough pieces come to Atlanta as much unless it's Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want, I want us to have that. I want yeah. us to be able to, to like have our little own community because there's so many of us that play. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I got to visit because I, I went to Dragon Con last year uh-huh. and I couldn't find a, a local gaming store. Like, yeah, there was vendors at Dragon Con, obviously. Yeah. But I, don't, I couldn't find it in the, the four days that we were there, you know, because I was only there for Dragon Con. So maybe if I spent some more time, I might find a, a gaming store, but it's there's hard. You <laughs> out here, but like. I think that the supply versus the demand sure. is lacking. Because they're, I mean, there's, Atlanta has everything. Don't get me wrong. Atlanta's amazing because it has freaking <laughs> everything. But I want to make it more prevalent what we have to offer. Yeah. In terms of D&D at the very least. Because this kind the company that we're creating, this podcast, is not, I mean, this is under another umbrella company that we're creating called speakeasy productions and the idea of that entire company is just audio narrative so we're gonna have we have professional voice actors on cast and on staff we have professional writers that are um not just like writers of lore but like actual like script writers and stuff that are also on um staff and they're already writing and trying to get stuff on and that aspects as well so creating okay. this this D stuff we're thinking of just doing multiple TTRPGs. We're thinking of having multiple casts. Mm-hmm. Like, I want us to get big enough to where, in the future, we're thinking of us doing, like, four arcs, potentially, for this season of Stardust and Dragons, and then allowing the cast to take a break if they want to. Like, mm-hmm. our main cast. Like, I don't want us to have to be on the show for five years for us to finish the campaign. Right or two and a half years or three years i want my cast to stay fresh but yeah. i also know by the time we get to that point by the time we finish for us people will have been listening to this show and people will want to play with this show i already have writers that are like i want to play some of this content that we've yep. already been creating this entire time i want to be in this world i want and so we're already talking about potentially doing a campaign during the stardust wars like 30 or 40 years before we even had this game mm-hmm. like so all of those things are things our characters would know of, have yeah. known of, but we haven't created it yet. And since we already made all of these different points in the galaxy, like there's an entire portion, like we're, I would say, think of it as if this campaign takes place like in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's so much ahead where all space travel has DCEs in it, yeah. dust condenser engines. You're, you're pulling a, a, a George Lucas. You're starting on episode four. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> that is exactly what we're doing, and it's this whole this whole campaign will be episode four, and so when Brandon and Caleb and all of our writers start releasing the reins to other DMs and story weavers and storytellers, my idea would be that we get to a point to where we have tons of people that play in our world that record content for us. 
<laughs> that are having a blast yeah and being able to get paid to make D, and they're not in la and they're not in new york and right. they are people that are really good at this game really good at storytelling and they have a team behind them of editors producers and they already have a platform that's been built up and we're all telling the same story at different points in time i love it that is and awesome. to to add on to that uh community building i want to throw uh an idea that you've probably already thought of before but clinics writing clinics oh, acting yeah. clinics you know oh, anything yeah. like we that we have we have uh we have some people actually in our writers that are dnds that are dnd people that have done clinics like i am i can teach acting and when it comes to these things like mm -hmm. I, I think i i feel comfortable enough to say that i can teach acting <laughs> um like i've been acting since i was like three i do have the degree in it um and so we have plenty of dms that are like life lifetime dms we have plenty of writers that are life lore creators one of our people um literally just loves to create lore makes books and books of it and so giving those people the reins to be able to take or make those classes. All, most of this will be Patreon content, so I would sure. say anybody that's interested in it, like definitely sign up for our Patreon because five bucks can get you a whole lot. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I see this going and I'm really excited to create with. It's just uh, making sure that I'm staying focused and making sure I'm taking it one step at a time and making sure everything that we do and everything that we release, we want to be gold. Yeah. I think and that's it, our big thing. I think that's that's awesome. And I re, I'm really impressed with what you guys have done so far from hearing about it, the writers and everything. And we would really like to have your writers on. Oh, yeah. Like, we would, we would. We would set a block of, of, of like, hours, hours I to would. talk with them and make it multi-episode <laughs> they they are writing guys... to me right now <laughs> about <laughs> about different different things that are going on and different characters and stuff from the the little message that i sent them earlier like they are yeah into it oh yeah they, no, oh, i mean yeah. this what Writers this is what we talk. do yeah, like is, thorn and i is... yesterday were texting about our campaign and we were mm -hmm. like okay so your character is doing this thing all right so we need to talk uh we're having a conversation with you know, so-and-so, and, and I don't want to say anything because Pupnoeve is the campaign too, but we were like, <laughs> we started with uh, text messages, and then I oh, called no. him. <laughs> I was I was working, I, I work at Domino's, you know, so I'm like, I'm on a drive, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to call him, and we just started talking, and <laughs> that's just what we do. Yeah, Brandon and I, like, when we started doing this, I'm so, I love lore as well, especially when it comes to my campaign, so we would talk for like three and four hours, just straight about what we want. Oh yeah, easy to do, easy mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. So the last time you were on, uh, we did a a NPC mm -hmm. that was a dwarven sheriff, and we thought this time it'd be fun to go ahead and do the town. That uh, what was the name of this sheriff again? Gregory, Gregory uh, Ironblock. 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Ironblock. Right, Ironblock. Yeah, chief of one. police. <laughs> so we do a uh, town of the month. So we would like to see if you can figure out the town that he was in. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, since he's a dwarf, uh, so we actually, I think I would model this kind of off of 
the city that we have in our first episode of nice. Stardust and Dragons, funny enough. Um, so since he was like this grizzled old man, uh, the town of Dalmar um, is a magical town. It's where they make, uh, it's one of the main factories where they make Stardust. So in this town, there's like lots of crime somewhat it but it's it's more the feel that i see i see the the way this town is there's lots of smoke and smog from all of the mine shafts and all of the factories and so like people just walk around with this cloud of black smoke that's blocked out the sun and so it makes it seem like it's always dark even if it's not right and so with that, I mean, it's an urban area, and that plus all of the stardust that is raining down, um, people are high, people, like, are, are a little smug, people are, like, not wanting to interact too much with each other, and at the same time, everybody can have this sort of attitude of, like, this is the city, this is the way it is, somebody on stardust might come up and shank me, like, there's too much of this crap around, and it's, there's so much, like, non-real stardust out there or so much that's like uh so much that's cut with stuff like wild magic can go off crazy so it's like it's very bad city crime written place right but there's enough of a code and there's enough of this idea that hey that person that you're trying to mug might be on stardust so people also know enough to keep to themselves so it's it's this life of crime riddenness, but at the same time, it's not so much violence out in the streets. So it is a lot of bolstering and threatening and a lot of you have to give something to get something because you can't just go around and wave a gun at anybody's face anymore, right? That's the world that, that we're living in. That's the city that we're in. Because everybody has access to magic. Everybody can quite literally go off the handle and blow themselves up while at the same time trying to, I don't know, do prestidigitation, right? Depending on how awful it is. So it's it's a mixture of this always being on edge, but at this point in your life or this point in his life and everybody in the city's life, they just know that, hey, it's just a constant danger of wherever we live. It's just the place that we live. Okay. I think uh, that that's where I would seek it. Yeah. Uh, so I think as as a chief of police, right, Gregory Ironblock, I think his main focus, since we talked about um, uh, in the bonus content, it, and if you're not on Patreon, you know, small shameless plug, get on Patreon. <laughs> but he uh, <laughs> he works those Same extra hours. hours and and doesn't you know doesn't get paid because he he knows that something could happen. Right. You always talked about him thinking about a war or something blowing up. Mm -hmm. And with this Stardust, I think that Gregory would probably be trying to get at least the impure Stardust off oh, the yeah. street. You know, That'd probably he, be his main job, a hundred percent. Yeah, like that's I mean, that's the stuff he does for fun. <laughs> well, yeah, when when you think about stat blocks and you, you know you're saying like even an NPC could have access to magic, we're talking about an NPC that has four HP, a cat in D D lore has an attack that does one d four on a yep. good roll. The NPC dies because of a cat, much less this. It's a big you know, cat. <laughs> the Stardust. It's it's a big cat. It's, it is a big cat. cat scratch disease or something. It's yeah, just, it's a big cat. So I feel like you know, 
Gregory's just he you know you said he's gr- grizzled old guy he's just on edge all the time mm-hmm. because he's like listen it it could be this guy right here on the street coming to me <laughs> like it, anyone could be the bomb that sets off the next stardust war mm-hmm. that's so thorn um what kind of we when we usually do towns of the month we do a couple of npcs in the town we do a couple of of sure. shops um so let's do uh, a shop and one npc just for time we'll just do one and one okay okay so i i've got the shop and it's going to be of course it's got to be it's got to be a bar of course i mean this town is is just raining stardust you got to have a bar it's two ales a, a grog and a whiskey uh it's literally got a sign that has two cups of ale a cup of grog and a whiskey there's no words it's just the sign <laughs> i love it there's no windows because it's dark outside anyway don't nobody yeah. need to see outside so you go in and there's no clocks and all you see is about 10 tables with some chairs and a long bar and that's it Pup Nueva, you want to you want to do the npc yes um, the NPC is going to be um, called, let's see, um, I think I'm going to call him Ty. Um, his friends call him Ty, but he's got a, like a long and complicated name. And uh, what he does is he sells um, he sells containers of stardust to people. And he's just with promises of like power and like glory for them. And he like feeds into their feeds into their addiction addiction insanity or an insanity when they take stardust so he's just like yeah he's like you're gonna be powerful you're gonna be like a superhero you're gonna be able to fly and like he sells them on this like this idea but he he's essentially called a power broker because everyone's like yeah i want to i want to i want to get it i want to get it and he sells it <laughs> to them um and uh and then he tries to market them off as like public servants so whenever he finds somebody who's like really charismatic and he gets them on, he gets them addicted to Stardust and then he starts giving them all these abilities. He's just like, he gives them like a code name and he starts to sell them as like public figures. He's like, even yeah. you can do this if you purchase Stardust. And okay. so essentially. <laughs> I loved Christian's face. You said power broker and his mind. Oh, yeah. I love more. it. I love it. Like, I mean, <laughs> So for me, my whole thing is obviously i mean i like you guys and all this stuff like that the ability of being able to write my own stuff and beat and i'm gonna put this definitely in quotations in charge because i work with my company people i don't nobody works for me we're all working together but the idea that like i can you guys are already a part of the discord so like people Mm -hmm. that like by the time this episode's out the discord still won't be out like it's it's right now it's still only people that like i know very very closely and like we're still getting it together but um, when people get the patreon then they will be able to get a link to join the discord you guys have access to these writers and i could straight up go like yo definitely talk to this dungeon is occupied for me real quick they have some really cool things about dalmar that i would love for you guys to put in the lore of dalmar oh that'd be sick and you i will do that like that's the best part about like like (laughs) it's so and we have it all of our stuff like mapped out so easily that all of you guys can literally just go like all right uh write up this stuff real quick and we can put it in place of the city it just gives us more like it makes the city lived in and that's Mm -hmm. my exciting portion about this which i do 
if it is okay, I do have um the first draft of a commercial that I'm actually going to be sending out tomorrow. If you guys want to get first access to it, hell yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, let yeah. me let me share my screen real quick, yes. and then I'll share my sound on, and I will let you guys uh, take a listen to what the first like commercial for uh, what Stardust and Dragon is gonna be. All right. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to turn yourselves down or something like that. It, it might be a little loud. I don't know how it's going to be coming through on your end. But yes, first my eardrums with the lore. <laughs> yes. So this is like our first commercial somewhat. Uh, I'm making this one for Ink and Liar. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Celebrate the end of the war with Aurora Industries. As the galaxy enters its new chapter, reward yourself and indulge in this historic moment with Stardust. That's right, Stardust. It's in the earth, it's in the air, it's everywhere. This little magic mineral gives you that extra kick just when you need it. Sourced ethically from planets all over the galaxy and refined by our patented process, each inhale is a celestial delight. Whether you're relaxing after a long day in the office or enjoying a night out on the town, Stardust is the perfect addition to any experience. Take a break from the ordinary. Live extraordinarily. Add a touch of magic to your life with Stardust by Aurora Industries. This August. Help! Help! <coughs> Someone! Please! Comes an adventure like no other. You one of the two of them! We can't hey. keep taking hits like that! From the minds of Christian and Brandon Hatcher. Lyrax, remember, control your emotions. Comes a new galaxy. You feel you feel the control start to slip as you guys spiral out of control. A journey through the cosmos. She's just like this guy. Full of action. They are rebels and enemies of the state. Drama. It's everything that she's been doing, every, she, everything she's going to do, finally sets in. And stardust. Oh my goodness, we're gonna die, Flip. We're gonna die, not gonna die. Ah. Join us in this epic odyssey with Christian and Brandon Hatcher, Max Morin, Raina McGuire and Dan Wood on this new D&D podcast, Stardust and Dragons, where adventure is in the stars. Found wherever you stream your podcasts. And that's that's that our awesome. uh, that's, awesome. that's one of our commercials. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so like we, like I said, we got plenty of editors. We got people that do this for a living. So it, the content that we're going to be trying to release is just going to be trying to be as much quality as it can be. And every bit, I think almost every bit of every piece of our episode has music or sound effects behind it. Um, we try and do it in 5.1 audio. So you have like sound effects that I can put in the room with you in, in each ear and stuff like that. So there's... There's a lot which we're going for with this stuff. And hopefully people will enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Definitely got to be a listener, for sure. <laughs> and and I can already tell you that Pup Nueve and I are definitely going to be talking to your writers in the Discord. Because... Please do. Uh, I already have a, uh, a BBEG for this power broker. Um, <laughs> it, I, I just created a, a, a crime syndicate. Like, because we were talking about Gregory, and I was like, there's crime syndicate. That's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to want to talk to JT. JT has already uh, talked about, I think, th two or three different crime syndicates that are all across the galaxy that he has so much lore that I'm not allowed to know about. Which nice. is also 
a very strange <laughs> thing. Like, there's so much lore that, like, my character doesn't know about, so mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to know about it. Yeah. And I just have to trust all of my writers, Brandon and Caleb. Like, it's <laughs> it's hilarious, though. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've come down to, to our time. Uh, so I, I will bring it to a close, but stick around for uh, for the bonus content. We'll talk a little bit more. Uh, but listeners, go listen. August 6th, kind of-ish to the 13th, maybe. Uh, Stardust and Dragons. It will be out uh, on all platforms. So take a look out. We're going to have the links as soon as you guys launch, uh, Christian. We're going to put it in our, our podcast and have it out on our show notes and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, look for Pup Nueve and Illidine on as a, a writer on there. Yeah, That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so with that, guys, be sure to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. Weavers, thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review us as this is how we can grow the podcast and our community. If you think we missed something, have a specific question, or would simply like to send one of us a message, you can contact us at thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to help us keep the lights on, we have our Patreon page and our merch store, which are found in our link tree in the show notes show note section, and we are now affiliated with arcanavolt.com, where you can get dice, apparel, and other goodies and help us at the same time. That link is also in our link tree. Our intro music was done by The Hobby Hub and Saturn Imaging Production. We have their links in our show notes so you can go check them out. Thanks again for listening. Have fun. Steal everything. And bye.